This is Save Cell Chanel, episode 36. I can't believe we're already on episode 36. This means that the year is coming. It's it's close to being over. Um, we actually have m- passed more weeks than there are left in the year. So if you're new to this podcast, this podcast is dedicated to the different ways I save and sell one day in time. It's raw, unedited, and uncut, and I share with you different ways I save time, money, and the environment and sell on e-commerce and local apps, and I share with you what I did the week prior. It's one of the ways to help myself um, stay accountable every single week and to also share with you some tips that I have done so maybe it can help you on your own either debt-free journey, on your saving journey, on your selling journey, whatever it may be, hopefully these tips can help you out. So there's actually a lot of things that I want to share with you that happened last week and I'm really excited to share or actually even just today um the biggest news was that today is September 8th 2019 and the number eight is my lucky number because I was born on August 18th and throughout my entire life the number eight has been just a really lucky number for me and so I actually was able to have over 100 YouTube subscribers which allowed me to have my custom URL, which helps me a lot more to help build my brand instead of me having this huge long URL that I had to give to everyone whenever they would ask me, what's your YouTube channel? I'd have to say, can you go in the search bar and type in Save Cell Chanel? I can at least send them a short link and they can find my YouTube channel easily. So I'm just really happy about that because it helps to build my brand a little bit more. And even last week, I was able to post, even up to today, post four new videos that were actually edited, had music, and had actual educational videos. And those videos were in regards to my last Posh and Sip event. I kind of broke them down. The first video was in regards to unboxing my Posh and Sip uh, decor box from my first Posh and Sip event that I hosted in June. The next one was about my Poshmark DIY, some ways to make you can make your Posh and Sip event more unique more specialized to your occasion and you don't really necessarily have to completely rely on Poshmark on all of their decor because the box doesn't really have very many items in it. And the third thing was to have a short video as to how to apply to host a Posh and Sip event. That video I think was educational because I've watched other YouTube videos and they mentioned it but didn't show a step-by-step process. And not only that, I was actually surprised when I personally applied for to host my own Posh and Sip event that I had to have a link to it, an Eventbrite or a Facebook page for the event all at a specific location. Now keep in mind, if you are like uh, me, I had to, I wanted to have a location that was accessible, centrally located in the San Antonio area and had enough people to host a, a certain, uh, at least 30 to 40 people on a Saturday, which is very difficult because a lot of the restaurants that I had asked, they didn't have the ability to accommodate that many people because it's Saturday and that's a very, they much rather turn over tables rather than cater to some huge party and then it holds up a lot of the space in a restaurant. So it was already really difficult for me to find a location that would even be willing to have a caution sip event. Um, luckily I went and to the Cove and I put a deposit down. Had I not already planned ahead prior to putting them in my application, I probably I would have been scrambling to get a location, and um, 
the hardest thing, especially for people who are brand new or don't have the money to put deposits down and then have that level of uncertainty of, am I even going to qualify to officially host a Poshmark, uh, official Poshmark event? That is the scariest thing was that I really didn't know. And at that time I wanted a co-host. So it was difficult because it said that they would look into your Poshmark closet to make sure it was compliant and your co-host's closet to make sure both of you are compliant. And if you weren't compliant, then you wouldn't be able to host a Posh and Sit. So the hardest thing about that is that I already put a deposit down. I put a location and I had to put a link on Eventbrite or Facebook, post that link. on. They also want you to have a post on your own in, Poshmark closet in regards to a Posh and Sip event and all the details prior to submitting your application. So all of these things, it's kind of putting the cart before the horse because you don't even know if they're going to approve you. And I think especially now with the whole home decor, the kitchen decor, and a lot of vague situations and vague categories, a lot of people aren't sure about what is within the acceptable category lists and it just depends a lot I've noticed on social media some people's listings have been taken down so with all of these uncertainties I feel like it's really difficult to balance attempting to have a posh and sip and trying to expand your Poshmark closet is very difficult because you are wanting to grow your Poshmark closet and Poshmark is also trying to grow its platform so at the same time, there is a certain level of uncertainty that can create a lot of miscommunication. And from your point, if you're trying to be a Posh and Sip host, you have a lot of anxiety because you that level of uncertainty of will I be able to host this event, you get really hyped, you get really excited. And the hardest thing is to see whether or not you're even going to get approved. And that's why when I put in the application, I was actually really scared because I already put a deposit down and I was stressed out. It had already been a week or so and they still hadn't responded to me in regards to my application and I really, I applied at the exact 21 days. I wasn't aware that you had to apply at least 21 days before your event to even make sure that they could review your closet. If you had multiple uh, co-hosts closet, you can have up to three co-hosts with you. They have to look at those closets. And then from there, they have to send you a portion. Well, they actually take a look at your listings, your Facebook and Eventbrite. And they also take a look at your Poshmark listing to make sure all of that is compliant to what they're wanting. So all of these investigations, it's very, very stressful. And if you do it like at the cutoff at 21 days, you may or may not get a sponsorship or an official portion SIP um, which means that you won't get any of the swag and then you don't get posted on the Posh and Sip blog. So you just end up having an event with no decor if that's what you're trying to do, have you know signs and pictures that you can take uh, photos with. So it was really stressful. I would recommend doing your research, making sure your closet one is compliant because if you're having things like perfumes, nail polish, things that are non-compliant, I wouldn't recommend hosting a Posh and Sip if you aren't aware of what even goes in your closet to begin with. So keep that in mind. Take a look at yourself first and your closet first to make sure you are in compliance with Poshmark's policies before even attempting to do any Posh and Sip networking events. The next thing that I want to mention 
is that I do, in the past couple months, I said I did a, a couple meetups, and um, I attempted to see if the, I'm hosting a coffee and thrift this month on September 28th. We're going to go to Starbucks and then head on over to Thrift City, which is a local thrift store here in San Antonio. I'm going to do two raffles. One raffle is for a $25 Starbucks gift card, and one is going to be for a $25 Thrift City gift card. Now, because there's enough time, I went ahead just to experiment too to see whether or not um, they would still allow me to have consider that a Posh and Sip event because technically my title doesn't say Posh and Sip, it says Coffee and Thrift. So I'm just trying to experiment. I had said that this wasn't like an official sponsored event. I just wanted to see if, you know, they would be willing to make it a Posh and Sip event. And this way I can give you an example of how I got denied if I do get denied or if I do get approved, so stay tuned. I put in that application on Friday just to take a chance to see if they would approve my coffee and thrift idea as a posh and sip option. So um, once I get information on that or whether or not I get approved or denied, I'll let you know about that. It's just that I've noticed on YouTube a lot of people help try to give hints, um, but it's just not very detailed and it's very vague so that's why I try to do a breakdown of the different steps because Poshmark's how you think of you get all excited you see all these things on Instagram on YouTube on Facebook oh a posh and sip but you don't really realize that there is a lot of work involved in putting one together and it's not like Poshmark especially if you're hosting your first or second posh and sip it's not like they're giving you any monetary compensation so you have to go and do everything yourself um, so for me, my event was free, but for my upcoming Posh and Sip events, um, I'm trying to put together one probably at a wine tasting area so that we can all be in a quiet place so we can talk to one another. It's going to be after the Posh Fest, and I'm probably going to connect with a couple Poshmark sellers here in the San Antonio area who are going to Posh Fest to see if they'd be willing to talk during that our Posh and Sip event to see what are... Um, what are some of the topics that they learned when they went to Posh Fest? So that, this way, not all of us have to go to Posh Fest to learn something. At least we can all work together as a community to grow together. So in terms of saving last week, um, I didn't really get focused on that as much. But I did do some thrifting. I went ahead and cleared out a lot of items in my house. I finally organized and unpacked a lot of my stuff, my luggage, from May and I have a lot of really good inventory that I need to post. Uh, what's really great was that I was able to consolidate a lot of that stuff and I went ahead and dropped my uh, thrift, um, my donations to Revolution Thrift. And if you're unfamiliar with Revolution Thrift, it is a thrift store in San Antonio, Texas and they are a 100% um, it says, a thrift store that transforms lives by donating 100% of our profits to high-impact, life-changing charities in the San Antonio area. And they are 100% volunteer-run. So that's why they're only open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And not only that, they are only available... Um, let's see here. So they try a lot with through social media to bring awareness. And one of the... Poshmark sellers she actually went to our posh and brunch the other day so it was good because she was able to give us insight as to 
you know, that they're 100% volunteer run. And um, it was just really good to, to have some knowledge about that thrift store. I'm trying to see their store hours on Google really fast. So it says here that um, they're open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, 11 to 7. So probably one of my other future Poshmark meetups will be a... There's a restaurant near there, and then maybe we can go thrift shopping afterwards. I'm not 100% sure, but we can see. it's uh, The last time I went shopping there was last year. And compared to this year, the reason why I wanted to donate was because one of the volunteers went to our Posh and Brunch, so it was good to network with her. And not only that, I was just really happy for us to, um, for me to donate to something that is 100% goes back into the San Antonio community. So I'm really happy about that. And in terms of comparing last year to this year, they really stepped up their game in terms of the brands that they have available, their pricing, their inventory. And I had to go to Revolution Thrift because I was doing research on my blog post for Thrift Tips Thursday uh, for next week's blog. And I tried to go in and stay within my $10 budget, but I couldn't do it. There was this vintage, really awesome vintage Junian Burke bag that I had and I found it. It was $14.99 and I was just, I put it back and I was just like, no, I, I cannot, I cannot leave here without this bag. And I bought this other, it was like a coin bank. It said, I would give up shopping, but I'm not a quitter. And then I bought a cabbie sweater and an Alice and Olivia sweater. So and I got those on the um, sale rack. And the sale rack was actually pretty good. There were some really good brands. And um, while I was checking out the cashiers, they were saying, you know, there's just so much good stuff. And I always feel bad when we're already marking down, like, how how did this stuff not get seen? You know, I mean, it's how did that end up at going on the sale rack? But it makes sense because if they're having so many donations and they're just so there's so much inventory and they have it's not a huge thrift store compared to let's say thrift city texas thrift or goodwill it is a smaller size thrift store so they really have to move their inventory quickly and people are constantly donating as well so there is a lot of work that goes into just making and maintaining that thrift store so ideally it would be good to have a faster better cycle to get more people to buy because they're there was just so much. There was so much men's and women's clothing, and I was really happy because that means that there was more awareness in about that thrift store that more people were willing to donate to them. So that was really exciting, and and that's why I want to bring and push more people to shop there or at least donate there so that they can continue the cycle of doing good for our San Antonio community. And... Um, there was just so much vintage, good vintage things that I found there. So similar to how Boysville last week when I went there, um, they're really known for their vintage toys. I feel that Revolution Thrift is known for vintage clothing and they have really good things. So I would recommend going there and they were voted for my uh, research. I, I pre on my previous blog post, I wanted to see because the San Antonio Current had Texas Thrift as the number thrift number one thrift store in San Antonio, and then Boysville as the second thrift store in San Antonio, and then the third one is going to be Revolution Thrift. So I wanted to see if all these thrift stores lived up to their reputation and why they were voted as the top thrift stores, when we know there are already a bunch of really good thrift stores in San Antonio. So um, I believe of those three, like, I got 
the best value like the prices the regular quote-unquote uh, retail prices for a lot of their items at revolution thrift were reasonable um, a lot of people overly price things at thrift stores and get too greedy instead of moving things and in terms of merchandising it was merchandised really well when you're shopping at the stores you can see um, because every week they change their local charity at revolution thrift they um, and they choose, uh, they partner with a local charity, and they'll also throughout the store remind you of this week's proceeds are going to this specific charity and inform you what that charity is, what it does, who they're helping. And um, last week's charity was helping to, um, let me pull up the picture here so I can find it. One second. Okay, I'm looking for the photo. So they were supporting Ransomed Life, a healing community for sexually exploited girls. And you can learn more about ransomedlifetexas.org. So throughout the store, I would notice, you know, little signs that were saying this is Ransom Life. So you can know what that, that, comp that organization was about. And you felt better about making a purchase, which is really good because you don't feel as guilty spending so much money. When you know that money, all of those proceeds are going to a local charity to help people in your community versus if you're shopping at a larger thrift store like Goodwill or Salvation Army. Those are the huge national thrift stores that get so many donations, but at least for something smaller. Um, going forward, I would much rather donate to smaller thrift stores that can make money versus the large ones, and then they end up at the bins or the Goodwill outlets versus these smaller ones that are really struggling for their mission and not getting donations. So for me, when I'm doing these podcasts, when I'm doing these blogs, I'm trying to bring awareness, especially if you're a local nonprofit, to have people shop one shop at your thrift store and to donate to help continue your cause. Um, so that's one of the ways, and I ended up spending $21 at the Revolution Thrift. Yes, I know my budget was $10, but I just really needed to have that bag, and I'll show you photos on my SaveSellChanel.com blog on Thursday for Thrift Tips Thursday. If you're not already following me there, please do so, or I'll also kind of, I've already kind of did a, a sneak peek on some of the finds that I found at that thrift store on my Instagram page on Save Sell Chanel. So definitely check that one out. None of those, some of those were just sneak peeks of things I didn't buy, but it was just to give you an idea, especially since this last week was New York Fashion Week. So um, there was one of the signs that I saw that was related to New York Fashion Week. So that was nice. So moving on from thrifting, I want to move on to the selling portion of this category. So in terms of selling, there are a couple things that I've noticed on social media that a lot of people have been deciding to close their Poshmark closets and or go towards other platforms. So I wanted to talk about that because as much as I love talking about Poshmark and selling on Poshmark, I love Poshmark mainly, yes, because of the ability to quickly sell my clothes um, and to have the control over the reach by being able to share my closet when I can. The more times you share your closet, the higher you are and more eyes that can see your item and the more probability you have to make a sale versus eBay where it's more of a set it and forget it kind of a situation. Yes, you can pay to play to get a promoted listing to have a sale run through your eBay store 
or you can have Mercari, which is a combination of Poshmark and eBay. So Mercari is more like a set it, forget it, but if you want to do an edit next list, it will kind of refresh and bring more eyes on your page, or you can hit the promote and it will do a price reduction, which is similar to close closet clear out on Poshmark. It will reduce your price and notify all the people who liked your item and to also notify potential buyers of the price reduction too. Now, I've been noticing on social media a lot of people are closing their Poshmark closets because they're just so tired of like possible drama or the fact that it is very time consuming compared to doing eBay. And I'm going to be honest, yes, if you don't have a virtual assistant, the constant sharing, the constant having to list is very time consuming. And so for some people, especially if you just don't have the time to do the social media, to build your closet, to have your followers, to constantly list new things, sometimes it is better to go to a bigger platform such as eBay, especially going on to Q, going into Q4 where it's just better to have a platform that has the global shipping program because now you're going from millions of people to uh, people around the world who potentially want your item. And it's really difficult, especially when you have... Um, constant sales having like being run on Poshmark and that's a lot of, really difficult they're constantly doing closet clearouts or constantly doing um, you know making you make a deal days and um, and I honestly I've pretty much stopped doing a lot of um, offers to likers or closet clearouts honestly I haven't made a sale on closet clearout in I think about a year uh, just because that doesn't really do anything for me I have made some sales from offers to likers, but even then, um, my, those customers never ended up taking advantage of that promotion, such as this one sale where I was willing to do a certain price plus free shipping, and they ended up just giving me a different price. I end up making more money because I'm not paying for the additional shipping. So I pretty much stop using offers to likers very often unless there's a bundle. Um, but even then, I have a bundle discount on Poshmark. So there's really, I feel like the algorithm kind of changed. It's just easier to post more items and then have the customers come to you and then make an offer and buy. That's pretty much what's been happening. Um, last week, I made two sales on eBay and one sale on Poshmark. Um, the one sale was an Ariat pair of Ariat boots, and that was $50.00. I got that for a really good deal at Uptown Cheapskate, and then I I got um, I sold a Hollister swimsuit top, which I got for super cheap during 75% off at Thrift City, and I sold um, something up like a Vineyard Vines bikini top on Poshmark, and I got that for super cheap at Thrift City as well. So almost everything I really need to list because now I I used to have a lot of swimwear, and now I I probably have six items of swimwear, so I really need to get back to posting and listing. Um, in terms of my strategy, luckily I was part of a share group last week, so I was able to list at least 12 new items to my Poshmark closets. Of course, I had to take some stuff down because I did make those sales on eBay, um, but at least I'm getting back on track for that. On a personal note, though, I'm really glad that I was able to get to 100 subscribers on my YouTube channel. It means a lot to me, especially since 
I had to take a huge, huge stop um, or pause from being doing any of those creative work because I, from May till now, I was 100% dedicated to family and 100% dedicated to spending time with my sister and not focusing on taking, it's a lot of work putting together video, editing video, adding music. Um, I appreciate all of those people in the film industry who and editors. It is a lot of work just to put that together. And um, it, I just, I needed that time. And I'm glad that a lot of people um, took a chance on me and that they know after I started posting all of these new videos that I'm, I'm back on track. I'm excited to share with you um, visually how to save and sell my save time money in the environment and sell on different platforms there are so many other apps that I've been testing out throughout the summer to see if it's worth it worth your time and other ways that you can make get combined Amazon gift cards and buy things on Amazon for free with these gift cards and I'm still working on deciding whether that um, app is worth your time um, haven't been able to do that and um, on a other personal note, I may be going to the Philippines for my parents' 50th wedding anniversary in January. I do have to finalize all of the other paperwork and uh, the things that I need, but that would be a really exciting experience for me because I would be able to take you guys along for that. So that would be really happy if that was a possibility um, because I really... It would be nice to have a little bit of a change to go on a vacation and to eat some really good food, learn about my motherland, and actually maybe to do videos where I show you how cheap it is to travel in the Philippines. Um, and so there are possible collaborations. Who knows? I'm still working on that. I just found that out from my mom that she really wants me to go. So we'll see what happens. I am pretty much going to end the podcast here. I really appreciate all the good stuff that has happened. We are eight days into September, and it's really a lot of doors are opening up for me. Um, oh, I forgot to mention that last Monday, um, someone had asked me if I would be willing to help them with launching their leather goods company. That is another side hustle that I'm working on. So I'm currently working on research as to market research as to what people would like, what style they would like, what colors. And I'm also just running ideas and um, doing what I can in my spare time to build more um, more awareness towards their brand. So once that is happening, um, I, do, I did create a Poshmark closet for them if you want to check it out. Um, I will let you guys know in the future. Right now I'm just doing market research to see what people like and what people don't like. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast here. I, as always, I hope you have a wonderful week and that you will find different ways to save and sell one day at a time.